Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pride ourselves in being pretty forward-thinking on some cutting-edge technology. Uh, Bumstock happened to be one of them. We were the number one retailer, distributor, and wholesaler of bump stocks for the last year and then some. And um, and now we're trying to deal with this whole ban, take things in. We're working closely with the ATF on being on the white side of a black and white line. We will never do anything about that. But things have changed drastically over, the, say, the past six months. So, Absolutely amazing. Dan, well, what, do you, what do you make of this? You know, the, the, the United States always talks about how we have to have jobs and everybody's got to do things, and then the, they go out and they start screwing with, uh, with, with companies that are employing people. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today. I, I would ask you, uh, the first question I would ask you, where is the NRA in this position? So I, this is where I have to dance around just a little bit. The NRA initially uh, 100% supported the ban. They then backtracked on that slightly. That was just after the Vegas uh, incident, which may or may not have had bump stocks used, but they were there on weapons or on firearms for the photo shoots. Anyway, um, they have since been very silent on everything. Gun Owners of America and Firearms Policy Coalition have been front and center, and we are watching both of their lawsuits very, very closely. So, where are they? Where are their lawsuits right now? What, what status? Uh, are they? Firearms, Firearms Policy Coalition is out of D.C. That is an injunctive case. We're looking for an injunction. Uh, that went all the way up to the Supreme Court just literally hours before the ban went into effect. Uh, Justice Roberts said that he wasn't going to speak or write on it or make any kind of a temporary ruling on it um, until after the Supreme Court heard that case. The Gun Owners of America case is in Michigan, and that is going through the process as we speak. That is also an injunctive case. So both are looking for an injunction. They're not looking for loss. They're just looking to protect our rights as well as all Americans' rights. And so are there any laws? First step they're trying to protect. So uh, you're looking for injunctive relief, but are there are there any suits that you're aware of out there by civilians who want to overturn the ruling? So by, by rule, let, let's talk about this for a second. So we have a... We, uh, our losses were in excess of $20 million, well in excess of $20 million. Uh, we are looking for them to look at the ruling that would then uh, let us have uh, compensation for an um, unconstitutional takings case. If that happens and they do rule it unconstitutional, that will also be a rule change. But all three of them are going to be rule change cases for very different reasons. Who would, if you win your case, who's going to pay the $20 million you lost? Uh, you know what? That comes from the federal, from, from federal courts. And where that fares, I know that we as a company have paid, have paid a, a, a large, large, large portion of that already in. But to be able to p- figure out who pays it, once it gets in that greater pool, is uh, is very hard to distinguish. Obviously. So, d- did I understand you to say that you you already put some money in a po- some amount of the twenty million dollars in a in a pool under no who's- no not oh. not at all. What I'm saying is it'll come from tax revenue. There is no fund for a federal takings case. The same way, if eminent domain took over part of your land for a road that doesn't come from a dedicated um, pool but what we're saying is in the greater amount uh, it would come from 
from the federal government. So to, to what extent do you have any knowledge about people who have successfully, or companies who have successfully sued the federal government and won? Well, obviously, there's a there's a number of them. Uh, land cases tend to be the most typical for a takings case, but uh, once again, there's never been anything Second or Fifth Amendment in that applies to Second Amendment anyway. But a Fifth Amendment takings case that would be relevant or could be applied to our case specifically. Mm-hmm. So, for, first you, time in history. Do you see this to be a Second Amendment case? Yes and no. The the product is clearly a Second Amendment overreach, but the case itself is strictly a Fifth Amendment case. It's strictly a takings case by the federal government, something that was completely legal when we purchased it, completely legal as we sold it, and because of an arbitrary rule change, which in this case wasn't uh, legislative by nature, it was simply a redoing of the way they said the rule was supposed to be applied. Um, it was their ruling then that it would that it was an illegal product to have. Here, here's the other thing to add that we let's say there are the Department of Justice has grossly underestimated how many are out there, how many bump stocks are out there. Uh, they said there's about 580,000 of them on the market. We know that number is grossly underestimated. We think it's closer to, we know it's over a million. We think it's closer to 1.2 million. Uh, but I don't have all data from all companies that have ever made a bump stock, and there's zero chance to know anyone who made them for personal use. So, so. Uh, the... Was the bump stock your principal source of revenue for your company? No, it did count for about account for about forty percent of our total sales. Uh, so it is a significant hit for our company. And how long have you been out of the business? We are in the business. We're just not selling bump stocks since they've been illegal since what was the date on it? March twenty sixth. I want to say. March twenty sixth number by heart. March twenty sixth of eighteen or, or nineteen of, of nineteen. So you were you selling prior to that date? Yes. Okay. We we stopped as a company about a week prior to that, just to make sure everything could get delivered, everything was legal, everything was on hand, and we worked closely with the ATF to make sure that we were all on the same page as far as what we we were doing. So was this driven, was this, in your opinion, was this administrative order? Because it wasn't passed by Congress. It was done by a bureaucrat, right? Correct. Um, That's not my opinion. That's what it was. Yeah, okay. So um, the, uh, the bump stock, from my perspective, took a bad hit as a result of some of the shootings that have taken place. Um, what, what do you Yes s- and no. It was only tied to one shooting ever, which was a horrific shooting in Vegas. Let, let's be, I condemn all, that, all of that. What people don't understand, though, is that a bump stock is just the safest way for any of us to bump fire a firearm. Bump firing is not going away. Whether people use their belt loop or any other way to bump fire, bump stocks just allow you to firmly hold the firearm with both both hands and operate a, a bump fire as safely as possible. So that the alternatives that are still legal are perhaps more dangerous. Far more dangerous. And why didn't the administrators go after the other versions, do you think? It is, it would be impossible to put that in, in a rule. And essentially, we're a small company. We're a small part of the industry. And we were the low-hanging fruit that they could say, 
here, we did something when essentially they did it for optics. They didn't do it to get rid of all bump firing. They only did it for optics. And that's something that's the reason we're spending time uh, on these interviews and, and any others to be able to get that word out there. What would you say to the city dweller who's never owned a gun or a rifle or a handgun? Uh, why we need bump stocks? You know, that wouldn't be a conversation that would, that would be important to have. There's always going to be people who don't believe in the Second Amendment, who believe it's an outdated, it's an outdated um, amendment, no reason need that. There's also people who are hunters who live in the country. And they're like, yeah, I believe in the Second Amendment, but those are the important ones to talk to because they do believe in the Second Amendment, but they only use a shotgun to hunt, so no one needs a rifle. Or I only shoot with a two two three. I don't need anything bigger than that for the kind of hunting I do or anything else. The Second Amendment has a very clear statement within the Second Amendment that says, shall not be infringed. For the people who believe in it, they believe in it. Those who don't, do not believe it or not, do not see that as an important part of the Second Amendment don't believe it. And, and all we're trying to do is get the knowledge out there that there's three main types of Second Amendment readers out there. Well, for somebody, I happen to grow up as, as a child in rural Ohio, had my own shotgun, uh, hunted squirrel and rabbit and pheasant and deer and and all that and I and I grew up with that but when I moved to the east and had children outside of, outside of New York City I I lost interest um, my none of my I have four sons none of them really expressed any interest of doing any hunting not because they were opposed to hunting is it just in the environment where we where we lived and grew our children grew up there it just wasn't part of the local culture and yet in 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 southeastern ohio where i grew up as a young man hunting was a way of life in order to preserve and survive to put meat on the table for your children and your wife um so the 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 culture of those people who need a weapon in order to feed their family and take care of them versus people who've never seen or had actually ever held any kind of a weapon, um, have a hard time understanding, not necessarily disagreeing with your rights to have one. Right. They just don't have a basis of education. Of well, uh, Let me ask you a very simple question while, while you bring this up. Where in the Second Amendment does it talk about need, and where in the Second Amendment does it talk about hunting? If you can point out to have this conversation, but for us to arbitrarily forget what the Second Amendment says and apply it to our own personal opinions, whatever that opinion may be, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's fair to the writings of the Founding Fathers. Okay. I, I, I was just trying to, to identify that there are different people, uh, and because of the way they, they, where they lived and how they were raised, they never really had an opportunity to experience any kind of a firearm, whether it had a bump stock or not, um, correct. And I, and I think that that's that's uh, that has a far reaching beyond just this the Second Amendment issue. It has a lot of things to do with with whether or not we uh, delegate to the administrative state the right to make decisions as to the legality of certain sections of the Constitution. That that to me is an issue, and it's and I'm very very concerned about your issue because it represents an attack upon the constitution and what the founding fathers were trying to do uh, for that's them. actually so my business partner and i uh, that's actually our main fight here our main fight is um fighting against arbitrary administrative changes that that affect all in the form of a law change uh, congress can make laws and they should, uh, but if, this, if it's this administration that will make this rule change, what will the next administration change? Uh, we don't believe it should ever be done in that, in that manner, that fashion. 
Um, and so we we are we are fighting for not only our rights and our rights as a company for sure. There there's some self preservation there, but it's also if it's not this fight, what what's the next fight going to be? Is it going to be the optics maker? Is it going to be something? a trigger maker, is it going to be something not even in the second amendment that they go, nope, you don't need these anymore. They're done. Um, where, do, where does that line change? Where does that stop? Where do you stand up and say, hey, hey, you have this in writing. All I'm doing is holding you to what's in writing. Yeah. You know, when Mike and I, when Michael Stewart was my partner and I, I joined the Marine Corps, he joined the Army. And when we gave our oath to defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic, mm-hmm. we never in a million years would have thought that we would have to sue our federal government that we swore to defend to protect the own, our own rights that are in writing. Can I say something? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, go ahead, IQ. I don't know if you know this, but I have been reading it recently. A federal judge only a few days ago declared that no police officer is mandated to put his life in danger defending unarmed civilians under attack by an assailant. Well, never before is there more reason for Americans to bear arms since the state will not protect them. I lived in England for a while. In Iraq, you were not supposed to have a gun, but you could have a gun and nobody would have done anything to you. In England, I had two guns, a Smith & Wesson 2.358, I think, like that, and I had a Russian 0.22. And I used to go shooting. It was a social event. Everybody was fantastic. Everybody was responsible. We had to put our guns under lock and key in the loft, by the way. If you have a flat, you can't have it. You have a house, you can. And they had a checkup on your background. And yet the government took it away from us. And I promise you, I'm not an American, but I felt extremely the same way as this gentleman is feeling. We have the right to bear arms when the state cannot protect us. In England, in London, more people are murdered with knives than in New York with guns. It has nothing to do with the gun. It has nothing to do with the knife. It has to do with the person who's doing it. Guns don't kill, knives don't kill, men and women kill. I don't know if you know about this federal judge. And this, this is to do, by the way, with the school attack, the recent one, where the, no, the officers, one in, where officers didn't go in to help. In Parkland. Thank you. So, if the I, judge says... Sorry, if the judge says the police officers don't have to de- protect you, who's going to protect you? The state? Bullcrap. Take a please. What do you think? Did we lose him? Yeah. And no, you didn't lose me. No, no. Uh, I was. What, what, what do you make of this, my friend? What do you make of IQ's uh, comments, sir? You know, I did hear of that. I thought it was. I thought it had been a while, and not just a few days ago. I don't know if it's the same ruling I'd read. Uh, I was just in Parkland uh, last week, actually. So met with Mike Pence on the tarmac in Dallas on Wednesday, shot down to Fort Lauderdale, uh, spoke to a group there, was in uh, Miami and Fort uh, and Palm Beach, all of that area. And I spoke to people with children at the Parkland shooting. It was, it, it was a horrific event. A one gentleman that I spoke to extensively, it was very heated, but it was passionate. And we can't confuse passion for right and wrong. We can't, we can't confuse passion for what should dictate all of us as Americans. Uh, it's passion. They want something done, but he wanted to blanket remove all rights from all Americans. And I said, okay, so if you want all guns gone, how about law enforcement? This is where it ties back in. He goes, no, 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 I want law enforcement to be there. So I brought up Parkland. And he was irate that I would bring up that example. But that is the best example to bring up. And I'm very glad that it was brought up today. 
You know, IQ make, made the point, what do we do as Americans if our police will not protect us? And and I, I don't know the reasons. I never heard the reasons why that sheriff deputy never went in and... Um, and try to take out the shooter and save some save some children and adults' lives. Only he knows why he didn't do what he did. But um, actually, actually, we spoke about that. I can tell you why he didn't. He was an older gentleman about to retire. Um, and when the when there used to be prior to nine eleven, uh, policy was you waited for backup before you went into a known shooter situation. Post nine eleven. And that those policies changed, but he was trained under those old policies, and that's what kicked in. I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just trying to let you know what I just learned less than a week ago. Okay, all right. Um, I, I, I would. I have looked at this issue, and um, I, I write a lot of commentary, uh, a lot of commentary. Some people think I'm sucking all the air out of commentary, but uh, that's another subject. Um, I, I, I wrote a I wrote a piece about what's going on here, and and what I was trying to say to people is that if we if if we allow the government to take away our rights, and I and please understand, and Jim, your listeners. I am, I am not demeaning anybody. I look at the number of school children that have been shot and killed in this country uh, since 2009, the last 10 years. It's about 250 students that have been shot and killed in the school systems in the United States. Yet each year, the the local police and sheriff and human services take 385,000 children out of their homes because of physical and sexual abuse by their parents. So that, that more children are dying at the hands of abuse than are dying from bullets from a gun. Yet we seem to want to focus on the gun as opposed to, if you want to talk about shootings, you want to talk about people dying, the other things that don't involve a gun take far more lives than guns do. And so I'm curious, what, what do you think drives the passion that people believe, if I take away everybody's gun, I'm going to solve the problem? Yes, you That's a, well, I think, I, think there's a, I think there's a failure on the firearms industry in general to educate where the crime occurs. Uh, one one reason is no one really wants to speak out that, let's say, all firearms deaths in America, the number somewhere around 30 or 32,000 deaths a year, a little over half of that are suicides. We've got a few accidents built in there, uh, 400 or so. It's, it's not many, but it's, they're, they're accidents. Then you're going to look at rifles, and somewhere between two and 400, depending on the year, I think 14 and 16, we've got numbers on that are somewhere in there. Uh, once we get beyond that, what you realize is the majority of it is um, underprivileged youth inner city. And that's all pistol violence. Uh, for us to extrapolate that out, it, it's, not, it's not productive to a narrative if they want to get rid of the scary looking guns. And I use air quotes when I say that. Um, so once we can start having an honest conversation about things, then I think we'll all be better off and there will be a better understanding. And I, I'm part of that blame that we haven't had honest conversations. Uh, after the Vegas shooting did happen, uh, the three major manufacturers of bump stocks didn't get out there and let everyone know, hey, there's no proof these were used. Hey, this wasn't used. Or, hey, the, yeah, it was just, that's just a safe way to bump fire. But bump firing is out of the bag now. No one got out there and said that, and I should have been screaming at the top of my lungs then to get that information out there. Why do you think that the NRA, NRA is, is walked away from this issue? Uh, 
And I'm not. Trying, I don't want. I don't want to push I feel. I feel personally, this is not my company stance. Let me speak for me as a, as a person. Uh, I believe that they needed to give up something to try to protect everything else. Um, is, is my gut feeling, although I've never spoken to anyone there. I know, you know, I've got a few friends that are spokesmen for the NRA. So once again, I need to be careful. I have a tremendous amount of respect for a ton of work they do. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think there's, there's some low-hanging low, low freedom. We happen to be that easy target that you, they can make us go away and our product go away, and no one would worry about it. Uh, I, I don't think they realize that we were willing to fight. So, so talk about what you're doing to fight. So we are – my business partner and I are both doing about 20 appearances a week each. Uh, to try to get word out, uh, mostly through radio. We've done some TV. Chad Prather was nice enough to have us on his show. We are sponsoring all the outdoor music fests that we possibly can. We have one coming up in uh, here in the future uh, out in Rising Star. It's going to be the Redneck Woodstock. It's out there for 4th of July. Uh, we are sponsoring Chris Kyle's Families Foundation, which is their one of their major events here for their fundraiser. All those things work together to try to get the word out uh, to know that we are going to try to be on everyone's front, uh, in, on the front page of their news whenever they see this topic come up. Uh, we're continuing to sell product, even if it's not that. And we do have a, an, a lawsuit against the federal government in uh, federal court in Washington, D.C. that's well in excess of $20 million dollars. So what, what's, what's the status of the lawsuit? We were supposed to get an answer on the 11th from the government. They came back and said they were not ready. Uh, they, uh, the Department of Defense, or not the Department, uh, Department of Justice came back and said they needed 14 more days, which was granted, but with Easter and everything else hitting, they will have an answer for us on the 2nd, May 2nd. And we'll know what their stance is on this lawsuit. So uh, you, you cut out. Who is it? To, who, what area of the government are you expecting to hear from? We will hear from Department of Justice. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't hear that. Um, and um, how are you surviving if it was 40% of your business? Have you had to lay off people? Uh, yes and no. We were coming into a slow season. So we were already prepared for it, regardless of which way it happened. Uh, we also have, luckily, we've, we, we've been very fortunate. We've been able to employ a ton of seasonal workers. What we found, because we are all military, that a ton of Vietnam veterans are, they don't need to work year-round, but they love to work leading into Christmas, which is our busy time. So we actually employ a ton of those guys. We still all go have lunches together and do all that. And, uh, and everyone else is very understanding of what we have going on. So they're giving us limited time for when they can come in and help out and move things around, uh, because they do know we have this going on. So what, what, what do you, what are you saying to the department of justice about what you want to have happen? Uh, all we have asked for at this point is current value compensation for what an arbitrary rule change forced us to hand over to the ATF to have destroyed. That's it. What do you do going forward? Uh, we continue to bring innovative products to market. We've got, we've got some great stuff that we keep launching. Um, we reach out for other industry partners and try to bring in some of that stuff. And because we're a smaller we're in a very unique position that we don't need a GoFundMe page or anything to be able to defend ourselves against the most well-funded uh, defendant ever, which would be the government at this in this position. Um, and we're able to be nimble and bring in new products and, and do all those things that I think a lot of larger companies wish they could. Um, so we are looking at a ton of new products, you know, and, once again, our sales at RW Arms is brisk. 
but uh, like any company, we would like to continue to grow. Well, the, one of the things that uh, that I wanted to ask you about, uh, and, and thank you for what you just said, one of the things that I've done a lot of writing on on homicide and and weapons related homicides and black on block crime with murder and and all those all those things. And what I don't understand, maybe you can give me some insight. What I don't understand is that the the illogical, irrational decisions on the part of people who think if they try and take the guns away from the good people, we'll be safer. You can't take the guns away from the bad people until you catch them in a crime. So Correct. bump stocks, are they still made outside the United States? No, they're not. 100% of them were always made within the United States. All patents were held by the owner, the sole owner of SlideFire, and any other company that made them had them licensed through them. So they've but never given, been made elsewhere, but, but for a very good reason that people don't think about. We're the only country in the world that allows firearms that doesn't allow automatic weapons. So even though this doesn't turn it into an automatic weapon, it does not change it mechanically. It does allow you to rapid fire, the same as pulling the trigger a little faster. But if if the if if you get your twenty million dollar settlement and 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 walk away, um, bump stocks are subject to these two court cases could be banned in the United States, which means that the technology can't be built here, but doesn't mean it can't be built someplace else and shipped into the country illegally. Uh, we own a hundred percent of the patents. We own 100% of the molds, um, and we still have the rights all intellectual property, and we still have a team that would continue to sue if anyone did make them. Uh, and that, that's not an option for us as a group. We would, we're, we're still patriots at heart. Uh, so we, we have made the decision internally to not go down that road. But again, maybe I'm not making my saying my point correctly enough. If if the Department of Justice is going to say that these bump stocks, regardless of your patents or anything else, are legal illegal and can't be used, um, you you have a a patent on a product that can't be manufactured in the United States and sold right. in the United, legally. So you right. want a twenty you want a twenty million dollar payback. To reimburse you for lost opportunity, but after that, you at least currently you can't build them. And what I'm saying to you, what would present some prevent somebody else to take one of your pieces and and clone it overseas and bring it back into the United States in the black market for bad people? You know that that's always a possibility. Um, I don't think it's a likely possibility. There's easier ways to make those changes, and we still haven't seen those done. The auto sear is a great example. Most people don't know what it is. Essentially, it allows the, the trigger to fire automatically without catching once the bolt slides back forward. Uh, they're all, they were all serialized, and they are registered here in the United States, but someone could make those overseas, ship those in in an envelope, and you could just install them. Uh, that that has never been done. That, as far as anyone knows, and I've talked to experts throughout the industry, I think the ten years imprisonment and the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per offense for the fine is excessive to the nth degree. But it should be enough of a deterrent that it's not worth. If you want to have illicit gains, there's probably better ways to do it than without. Okay. Two or three or four hundred dollar bump stock, and the and the and the two court cases that are you talked about earlier in the program. Yes, sir. If the people who are suing win, what does that do to you? Uh, it depends how the ruling comes out. There could be a full injunction. Uh, there could be which would be a permanent injunction. There could be temporary injunction. 
disjunctive stay. There could be uh, several different things. And as an, if, if an attorney was on here, he could explain that I, I'm not an attorney, but uh, all I can do is say what I've been told. Uh, there's a possibility we could go back into business. There's a possibility or back in business selling bump stocks. Uh, there's a possibility that we could not be able to sell bump stocks until the, the court case is fully heard. There's a, there's, a, there's just so many different possibilities, hard to speculate, but we are watching both those very carefully. So uh, if you settle with the uh, Department of Justice and they give you your $20 million, if the court would go your way, are you going to be obligated to give the $20 million back? Back to who or back to what? Because the, once again, I, I know I saved this a minute ago, the, our losses on single-day loss was well in excess of $20 million. We're not just going after $20 million, We're just going after what our losses were. And those losses are already realized. We had to destroy. All those bump stocks were shredded. We had nine trucks of 9,000 bump stocks on each truck that already went, were taken over to American Shredder and shredded under, under the watchful eye of the ATS. That can't be earned back. I, I, could go sell, I could go sell all those over again. I still have to pay for, for production. I have to pay yeah. to get those in. I, that would all be new business generated, not ge not what we already had in inventory that we were looking to to sell this year. Okay. Um, whether you you had the sole patent, so there wasn't anybody else who made a bump stock. So the main people were Slidefire came up with the idea of this. Jeremiah, who happens to be a friend, and that's how we originally got into all this. Um, there was bump fire systems, which was made, uh, I believe they were out of Florida somewhere and they were making them uh, and they infringed on Jeremiah's patents. Um, then there was, um, Fostech who makes an incredible binary trigger. And we, we deal with the Fosters and Judd Foster specifically. And <laughs> they, um, they are. They made one for a while all through the license through uh, Slidefire and Jeremiah Cottle specifically. And they're all out of business? Bumpfire Systems is shut down. Slidefire Systems is shut down. They were bump stock companies specifically. Fostech has transitioned into uh, all kinds of other products. Uh, they're, once again, their trigger is one of the best triggers uh, for that purpose on the market. So they will continue to, to have innovative products. We're proud to call them a partner. Um, they, they do a great job. So you're expecting to hear from treasury or the justice department about the middle of the month. Department of justice, uh, will let us know on the second that that is the requirement set by the judge, uh, on this case. Okay. Um, what, what are some of the other products that you're making now? So we have some great products that are just coming to market. Uh, the California uh, High Capacity Magazine, which we call it, we call them standard magazines, but in California they're high capacity. Um, when they had that injunction, uh, we sold out of magazines. I think we did 100,000 magazines in just a few days. So we still sell a ton of magazines. They're just now getting back in inventory. We do a ton of binary triggers. We do some high-performance AR parts to include other triggers. Um, we do we do the think of a if you go out and buy a new Ford or a new Chevy truck, and you take it to a shop, and then you get that truck done exactly the way you want. You want tint, upgraded stereo, new rims, and a brush guard. We're, we would be that company that would do all the other things once you already own your, your AR. So, so what, what, do you think if, if you're unsuccessful at getting your restitution and these two cases, these stay cases, don't go the way you want them to go, what's the, what's, what is the deep state's next target? Who are they going after now? Next. In the, in the firearms business specifically? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
binary triggers are next. High-performance triggers are right after that. Optics are up against there. And you're going to have high-capacity magazines somewhere in the middle. I had a happy hour at SHOT Show out in Vegas, which is the major show of the year for new and innovative products. Uh, and my, my uh, SHOT Show launch party, uh, I had the leaders in all those industries. And we let media come in. We had 50 media sources come in and talk to all of us. It had never been done before like that. And we wanted to do that so people could ask us these questions. Um, it was a working happy hour. We all had a very nice time, but binary triggers. So every time you pull the trigger, it fires. Every time you let go of, the, of it, it fires. It doubles being able to rapid fire. Uh, there's a couple of companies out there that make them. Um, that's going to be short. And the other one is a pistol brace, an AR pistol brace. Um, I've spoken to the manufacturers of those. And they don't think they're on anyone's radar right now, but we didn't think we were going to be on anyone's radar either because the ATF had already made a ruling on us the same way the ATF made a ruling on, on uh, the, the AR pistol brace. So what's your guess is going to happen on the second? I think they're probably going to come back with a couple of cases that have already been run through and they're going to give examples why this, our case isn't applicable to our product being taken at which time we will have to give a response to that. Uh, I do not think I, they can wait a year. They can wait two years. They can wait five years. They can draw it out as long as they want. They have unlimited resources. Uh, so we're not even looking at, at, at that as revenue for our company. Uh, we're not looking in the short term we're managing. When I say short term, I mean year in the, within the next year, we're just fine. We're a healthy company and we're still growing, uh, over the next couple of years, I think we're going to figure out exactly where they stand on takings cases in general. And if it does go to court, we are fully willing to go to court. And we are fully prepared to go all the way to the Supreme Court on this matter. Wow, that's that's a that's a big commitment. Now, listening it, to it's all been a huge listening to all this IQ. What, what what do you make of what Dan and and our guests are talking about here? Give give me your opinion on everything. I love what the guest is doing. He's standing up to his rights. How I, I love this. I mean, these days in America, everybody is knuckling under. Everybody is giving up. If you are white, you are a racist. I mean, and there you have white politicians doubling to the other side, condemning themselves for being white. I mean, good God, I mean, what's going on? No, I love what the gentleman is doing. He's standing up to count it. And the government is not protecting the people. The state in the United States of America is not protecting the people. Look at your borders, for God's sake. It's like a sieve. No other nation on earth would allow it. No other nation on earth would allow what's happening on the border of the United States of America. And we're talking about law and order. You have no law and order, really, honestly. And on the outsider looking in. What law and order do you have? Look what's happening with Trump and the accusations. All the accusations turned out to be false after two years of investigation, $30 million wasted money, and they're still after him. What are we discussing? You are you're not anymore the Republic of the United States of America. You're not anymore, honestly. Trump is. His supporters are. But 47% of the American public who are against him are brain dead. Completely utter brain dead, by the way. When I'm trying to convince, I'm not trying to convince the 47% either way, no. I'm trying to convince the 6% who are uncommitted. If 4% out of the 6%, if 4% of them vote for Trump, you have a Republican government. But if not, you have a disaster. And it doesn't look good, honestly, from my side, where I'm looking at across the river, across the ocean, doesn't look good. Bernie Sanders, I mean, a creep like him to get 
I I Q. You, you you need you need to be uh more opinionated. You're 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 you're, <laughs> you're so not opinionated, my friend. But go ahead, J- J- Joe Biden, worst to first. What what do you think about Joe this guy? Biden made the biggest mistake of his life. He will be destroyed not by Trump, by his opponents in the Democrats. I'll tell you why. He had collusion in Ukraine and bribery in Ukraine in a big way. He is not going to get away with it. Believe me, Donald Trump was playing chess, three-dimensional. His opponents are absolute idiots. He allowed Mullah to continue because he was right. He said, I am not guilty. I haven't done anything. Let him dig and dig and dig. He will not find anything. That's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. He is light years ahead of them. They call him a racist, they call him stupid. No, they are the racists and they are the stupid. The trouble is now is, are there enough Americans with dignity, with patriotism, with decency, and with rational thinking who will overturn the Democrat Party? You don't have a Democrat Party, you have a fascist party. Correct me if I'm wrong. Am I opinionated? This is the least of your problems. <laughs> yeah, and what, I, I agree with all of that. I'll, I'll tell you that my, my business partner and I very purposefully last Wednesday were on the tarmac in Dallas when Mike Pence flew in. We greeted uh, Air Force Two when he landed. I got to shake his hand and thank him for all he's doing. Now, I understand that one ruling that Trump did affects me far greater than most of your listeners and maybe greater than anyone in the U.S. right now. But I'm not a single-issue voter, but I am a single-issue American, and that is truly that all of our rights need to be protected. So if I, uh, in the time we got left, I, I would like to ask a couple more questions. Um, yes, sir. When 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 I listened to you, your early opening of you talked about veterans, what is what are the what are your employees who are veterans who have, I am one myself and and a, a long time ago, and I'm wondering what they are thinking about what's going on in their country. Do you talk about that? Absolutely, I think, and once again, I don't want to speak for them, but what they're telling me is uh, we're all on the same page that we never in a million years would have thought we'd have to sue the government to protect our rights. That, that wasn't even a rational thought until we had to do it. Um, and, and they're all 100% behind us and this, even the ones who don't own AR-15s, even the ones who don't own a bump stock. That their, their issue is not even about a bump stock. It's about protecting our rights moving forward. Um, but all in all, these guys know that I've taken care of them. They're, they're great, great, great American, great patriots. Um, and we really just feel like we're just doing the right thing. And we were positioned here. We're a strong enough company and we have enough backing that we're able to do that where others wouldn't be able to, they would have to fold. I can't, I, I don't know another company that, that had been open for one year and had to take a $20 million one day loss, it could still be a healthy company. Great point. Where are you up? Where do you operate out of? We operate out of Fort Worth, Texas. Know it well, know it well. Yeah, well, good uh, people here. We moved it. We, we've got a, go we've got a little bit of time before, before we let you go, my friend, let's start with uh, IQ. What, 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 what wrap us up here, my friend, and give us your thoughts on everything. It's very simple. I agree with the gentleman. What he's doing is the correct thing to do. I wish him the best of luck. How many Texans do you think, how many Texans do you think will vote for the Democrat party? More part figure. Uh, do you think you're rich? Well, hold on. We had a Beto O'Rourke, who's Robert Francis O'Rourke, <laughs> run under a Spanish nickname, and he nearly beat out Ted Cruz. He only lost by three 
points, which is incredibly close. So we, as Texas, are Texans. But because it's such a migratory state, we have a ton of folks from Chicago, from New York in the Northeast, and California all moving here. We're, we're feeling the change. So it's something we're all watching very closely, and I hope other people from outside this area are also watching. Well, uh, IQ, uh, wrap us up here. Where do we find you online and everything? Wow. No, it's very simple. Just Google my name, Al Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I. It was a pleasure listening to you, and good you, good luck to you. Yes, yes, definitely. Now, Dan, uh, give give us your take on uh, on everything we've talked about today, and uh, and and give us updates on everything you're involved in. Well, I I think that that the one thing that's impressive about this young man is that um, he took a huge hit at the force of the government and didn't roll over. He stood up to the government and say, what you've done is not right. And he's fighting the behemoth, as he said, with the unlimited capital and resources of the United States government. Um, but he's a, he's a patriot, and I, I salute him, and, and I wish him, as IQ, the, all the luck in doing what is the right thing to do. And hopefully, hopefully Mr. Trump can, uh, with his new attorney general, get involved in this particular situation and maybe uh, right or wrong. Uh, I, I really believe this statement that I, and I'm trying to remember as I was thinking about it, who said it, and I, I just can't remember. So I apologize for not being able to quote the source. But somebody said... Laws based on emotion. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.